Are you going to do the intro? Welcome back to the Moon and Sun Podcast. I'm Shay. And I'm Nick. <laughs> <laughs> and you have heard the first time that happened when I told Nick about it. <laughs> yes. So you are all up to date on why that just happened. <laughs> <clears throat> Today, I'm going to be talking about Tiger's Eye. And I will be talking about Samhain, a.k.a. Halloween. Halloween. And you will Ooh. be hearing this the Friday before Halloween. Ooh. Ooh. I don't have anything spooky. Spooky so. Halloween. Yes. <laughs> so Tiger's Eye. Purpose is money, protection, courage, energy, luck, divination to find the and to find the truth of a matter. Truth seeking. Truth seeking. Stone. 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 Element, earth and fire. Zodiac, Capricorn, and Leo. Fuck yeah, bitches. Planet, sun. Woo. <laughs> Keywords, clarity, balance, vitality. Category, mineral. Formula, silica, a silicone dioxide. Color, golden to red brown with streaks in it. There's also blue tiger's eye and red tiger's eye. Yes. This is just. The brown tiger. The brown tiger. Uh, the hardness scale is a six point five to a seven. Luster silky. Ooh, that is a good definition <laughs> of tiger's eye. Chakra solar plexus. Sacral. Sacral. Sacral and root. Yeah, it does kind of have enough color in some of them to include all of them. Uh, tiger's eye is created when quartz form over chrysolite, dissolving the fibrous mineral and creating the layered cat's eye effect. Its brown color is caused by the iron oxide and hydraulic side of the chrysolite. Chrysolite. <laughs> I want to add an L before the D. Uh-huh. Tiger, tiger's eye is a beautiful stone of light to dark brown with gold highlights and dark brown to black banding, which, when polished, resembles the shimmering stripes of a tiger and creates a similar eye effect to that of malachite. As an eye stone, it was regarded by the ancient Egyptian and Romans as a stone of protection as well as second sight, allowing its wearer to see beyond the physical limits of doors and walls. <laughs> that like blew your mind. It I could did. see it in your face. I like, want to see between boom. like x-ray vision. The energy of tiger's eye is excellent for soothing and resolving emotional turmoil as it helps you absorb emotional patterns from a more distant objective standpoint witnessing the larger picture of a situation including the viewpoints and circumstances of others involved helps Facilitate, facilitate mm -hmm. 
the release of emotions that may be blocking your ability to leave the situation behind and evolve into higher levels of consciousness. Tiger's Eye is helpful in the regard for its ability to help you separate fantasy from the reality of the situation. This energy is also good for helping you gather focus and renew energy when pursuing a goal, especially one that is relatively long-term and complex. It promotes courage, strength, and the ability to see things with true optimism. Tiger's Eye brings a healing equilibrium. This stone carries both the energy of the sun and the earth, combining masculine and feminine energies and creating a balancing effect. It will energize you when you're exhausted and calm you when you're overexhausted. It stabilizes emotions and is also quite grounding. Yeah, magical uses for Tiger's Eye involve invigorating overall energy and physical health, as well as spell work for courage and self-confidence. It's good in rituals related to emotional clarity and for protection and grounding. As a reality stone, it is also a prosperity stone. It's grounding prosperity properties help curb temptations toward gambling or other impulsive spending and improve the ability to attract wealth through practicality and focus you got it many people carry carry tiger's eye for good luck as well as increased psychic radar to cut through any deceptive deceptions or illusions created by others this stone has been used by those with affinities for affinities for Mm -hmm. tigers and other big cats as a prayer stone for their conservation and well-being in the wild as well as in sanctuaries in the home tiger's eye creates a balanced centered household particularly during times of transition in the workplace it attracts new business and helps in dealings with finances and that is tiger's eye Woo! and when i put all three on my computer while i write it calms my adhd and i can focus on writing (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay So I have my topic, and then I have a (coughs) ritual to read from the book. Book. What book? Uh, Grimoire for the Grim Witch by Anne Mara. Oh, my sources. My sources. Wicca Crystal Magic by Lisa Cambrian. The Beginner's Guide to Crystal by Lisa Butterworth. Solitary Witch by Silver... Ravenwolf and Wikipedia. Boom. Okay. <laughs> okay. What, you, what about your book? Uh, it's Grimoire for the Green Witch by Anne Mara. Oh yeah. Uh, she basically took uh, things that were not, um, 
secret to her and like took her grimoire and just made a copy of it. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's really awesome. So you're saying I should get it? I think you will love it. I'll let you look at it after we're done recording while this is loading or whatever, Mm -hmm. exporting. Okay, so Samhain. It is also known as Halloween, All Hallows Eve, Feast of the Dead, the Witch's New Year. It is October Ooh. 31st. Ooh, Witch's New Year. I never yeah. heard of that one. Yeah. We celebrate uh, Witch's New Year. We do. Uh, That's it awesome. is October 31st and into the morning on November 1st, also acceptable. Um, and in Mexico, they have Day of the Dead, which is celebrated November 1st and 2nd. Um Watch Coco if you want to learn about Day of the Dead and cry a lot. You know, you cry? On Coco? Yeah. He, like, talks to his dead family the whole movie. So? there It's just, there's sad parts. I cried when Olaf died at Frozen 2 <laughs> in the theaters. <laughs> and Adrian made fun of me for it. Didn't die. He technically died. She just brought him back to life. <laughs> He was full on dead. <laughs> and Adrian was like, Mom. Sarah was like, what? Sarah goes, Adrian was like, are you crying? And I was like, no. <laughs> and he was like, Mom, Shay is crying. She was like, seriously? And Abby was like, shh. <laughs> I was like, that's right. Anyway, uh, it is a celebration of those who have passed and honoring of the ancestors. 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 Uh, during this time, the veil between worlds thins and things can get through. Also, the third and fourth harvest happens around this time and summer ends. I mean, technically, summer ended earlier, but it's fine. Um, the origin of this day, some little fun facts. Celtic priests made large bonfires on hilltops around which the people gathered and offered sacrifices of crops and animals. To the Celtic gods as a Thanksgiving offering, like as in giving thanks, not the holiday. The holiday. Well, I for wanna... that year's crops and an appeal for favor in the new coming year. I want to do that. Minus also? the sacrificing animals part. Well, yes, but we can roast animal over top of it, like cow. Ooh, we could. We could have like a pig roast. Yeah. Put it on a spit. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be a sacrifice. It would, technically, if you put it up there while it's still dripping blood. Yeah. Um, uh, this was viewed as a very spiritual time, and divination was practiced, especially in the form of fortune-telling. It is widely believed that on this night, young women especially can find whether they may marry in the coming year, and even, sometimes, the identity of their future spouse. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, the tradition of dressing up and giving out food is worldwide. People would dress up so the bad things from the other side of the veil couldn't see them. Explained a little bit later. That makes uh, sense, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because it is believed that on the eve of Samhain, the line, the line, that is supposed to be the, oh, no, that, that site did say line. The veil between the living and the dead becomes thin, and the spirits of the other world are allowed to roam the earth during this day. Both spirits of departed loved ones during the previous year, as well as evil spirits and fairies looking to cause mischief and damage. 
Uh, the Celts, hoping for a visit from their departed loved ones, would set a table for them, a place at the table for them, and prepare a feast. They also set out treats outside of their house for the wandering spirits and carve pumpkins or turnips to protect their house. <sighs> and wore costumes you... so that if they encountered an evil spirit, they would be mistaken for the evil, an evil spirit themselves and thus would be protected. So do you carve the turnips or just lay them out? Like, oh, don't worry, you carve the turnips. I'll tell you all about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when the celebration was over, they relit their hearth fires, which they had extinguished earlier that evening. They relight them from the sacred bonfire to help protect them during the coming winter. Back to the top. <laughs> By 43 AD, the Romans had successfully conquered most of the Celtic lands. Uh, during the next 400 years, Samhain was merged with two Roman holidays. Feralia, a day when Romans commemorated their dead, typically at the end of October. And secondly, Pomona, a day of honoring the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. The symbol of Pomona is the apple. And the incorporation of this celebration into Samhain most likely explains the tradition of bobbing for apples, which is common on Halloween, which made no sense. To honor your dead, you bob for apples? That's why. Hmm. Because the Romans honored Pomona. See, I've never bobbed for apples. Oh, um, we did once at a Halloween party, but that's because uh, her parents were like, let's have some bobbing for apples. That's what seventh graders like to do. No. Then we hid in the I basement. Would've. Then we hid in the basement and snorted pixie sticks. It's fine. That's what well, seventh graders like see, to I've do. See, I've never <laughs> snorted pixie sticks either. I'm just like. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I've we never... created like our own little rave down there and snorted pixie sticks instead of doing hard drugs. <laughs> it's fine. What is, what is wrong with people? It, it burns, by the way. Don't snort pixie sticks. Um, It burns when you get water up your nose. Of course it'll burn. I mean, you're not wrong. But the sugar high is intense because it's straight to your brain. I've never liked sugar highs. Oh. Well, when you're... 12. I especially can't now after the heart attack. Oh, that's true. You can't. That's even worse now. Oh, no. Nick will never get to experience the snorting of the pixie sticks. No, ow, no. <laughs> oh. I, I, even, I even hate doing that Flonase shit up your nose. Oh, I can't I do, do that. I do, but I don't like it going down my throat. That's the only reason I don't like it. No, it's my nose part. Throat's In the fine. the nose is fine. Ugh, it tastes so gross. It's fine. Ugh. I've had worse. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> On May 13th, 609 AD, Pope Boniface the Fourth established the Catholic Feast of All Martyrs Day in honor of the early Christian martyrs, and this feast was later changed by Pope Gregory the Third to November 1st. He created All Souls Day. On November 2nd, to honor the dead. It's widely believed today that the church was attempting to replace the Celtic Festival of the Dead with a related church-sanctioned holiday. So trying to change Halloween to November 2nd, and to that, I say, fuck all the way off. I, like, legitimately wrote it down so I wouldn't forget <laughs> to say, fuck all the way off. Change the date because the church wants it. No. Fuck all the way off. No. <laughs> exactly. Oh, fucking church. Place. By the way, if you haven't noticed, we hate church. Yeah. Like, that too kind of church, if you know what we're talking about. It's too culty for me. Yes. And it's all of the things that they did when they tried to eradicate paganism. 
Hi, Happy Pagan here. I uh, know uh, I don't know what I'm yet. Yeah, Nick's kind of like agnostic, I would say. I'm all over the place. Nick is like Mother Nature is his goddess kind yes. of a person. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the celebration of Halloween was extremely limited in colonial New England because of the rigid Protestant belief systems. Halloween was much more common in Maryland and the southern colonies as the beliefs and customs of different European ethnic groups and the Native Americans meshed a distinctly American version. That's not a word. Distinctly. Distinctly. That's what I typed. Distinctively? Distinctly, I think, is what it was supposed to be. Distinctly? But I wrote distinctly. Like, sting. Because you mean typed? Typed, yep. Of Halloween began to emerge. The first celebrations included play parties, which were public events held to celebrate the harvest. That doesn't sound... My mind went went dirty. dirty. Yeah, yeah. Play party. Yeah. Neighbors would share stories of the dead and tell each other's fortunes and dance and sing, which sounds nice. That does sound nice. The dirty one sounds nice, too. (laughs) Uh, Colonial, right? Colonial Halloween festivities also featured the telling of ghost stories and mischief-making of all kinds. Um, By the middle of the 19th century, annual autumn festivities were common, but Halloween was yet to be celebrated everywhere in the country. In the second half of the 19th century, America was flooded with new immigrants from Ireland, those fleeing the Irish potato famine, and then we got their jack-o'-lantern tradition added in. So that's where... Your jack-o'-lanterns come from the Irish. My sweet, sweet Thank you, ancestors sweet, sweet of Irish. Same-sies. The practice? Um, you're just, you, you're very visibly Irish <laughs> with that red-ass beard you got. Yeah. Uh, the practice of decorating jack-o'-lanterns originated in Ireland where large... My phone, my computer auto-corrected turnips to turn is... Turn is. Like two separate words. Uh, anyway, uh, where large turnips and potatoes served as early canvases. Less potatoes, potato famine. Before the potato famine, mm-hmm. potatoes were acceptable too. Oh, that's why there was a potato famine, because everyone was using potatoes as it. Uh, technically, there was a <laughs> potato famine because the British suck. I mean, not now. I love British people. Please don't hate me. The British used to suck. So when they invaded, were working on invading Ireland, they forced them to give them all of their potatoes and they took all of their food and shit, which is how there ended up being a famine. I know, but I like my way better. I do like your way better. It's less (laughs) bloody. I know. (laughs) That's why I said it. (laughs) In in fact, the name Jack-O-Lantern comes from an Irish folk tale about a man named Stingy Jack. Irish immigrants brought the tradition to America, and it became an integral part of Halloween festivities. So, Stingy Jack's story. He invited the devil to have a drink with him. True to his name, Stingy Jack didn't want to pay for his drink, so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin, and then Jack could use that to buy their drinks. Once the devil did so, Jack decided to keep the money and put it into his pocket next to a silver cross, which prevented the devil from changing back into his original form. Jack eventually freed the devil under the condition that he would not bother Jack for one year and that should Jack die, he would not claim his soul. The next year, Jack again tricked the devil into climbing into a tree to pick a piece of fruit. 
While he was up in the tree, Jack carved the sign of the cross into the tree bark so the devil could not come down until the devil promised Jack not to bother him for ten more years. Soon after that, Jack died. As the legend goes, God would not allow such an unsavory figure into heaven. The devil, upset by the trick Jack had played on him and keeping his word not to claim his soul, would not allow Jack into hell. He sent Jack off into the dark night with only a burning light, a burning, a burning fowl? I don't think that's the right word. A burning something. To light his way, Jack put it into a carved out turnip and was roaming and has roamed the earth ever since. In Ireland and Scotland, people began to make their own version of Jack's lanterns by carving scary faces into turnips and potatoes and placing them into the windows or near doors to frighten away stingy Jack and all other wandering evil spirits. England also used large beets. I would like to sit down and have a drink with the devil. Right? That'd be kind of awesome. But I wouldn't trick him. Well, no, I wouldn't trick him. I'd just sit down and talk and be like, "What's up, Lucy?" Hopefully, <laughs> it ends up good and going back to his place Ooh. for the night. Right? Maybe longer. Ooh. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> By the twenties and thirties, Halloween had become a secular but community-centered holiday with parades and town-wide Halloween parties as the featured entertainment. Despite the best efforts of many schools and communities, vandalism began to plague some celebrations in many communities during this time. In this area, it is the pumpkin. Oh, in this area where we are right now, mm-hmm. uh, we have two pumpkin patches very nearby. So the night of Halloween, the teenagers steal pumpkins and they steal them off people's porches. And St. Labori is limed. Roads in St. Labori are lined with smashed pumpkins. And every oh. once in a while, we get some seniors with a wild hair, and Main Street here will be lined with smashed pumpkins. It's a tradition. It's a tradition of vandalism and thievery. <laughs> yup. But, I mean, there are worse things they could be doing. They could be spray painting things. And, like,. Breaking in. Yeah. Like, at least the smashed pumpkins, you just get them off the concrete and they just go back into the earth. They're degradable. Yeah. They're living things. Well, not them, Well, they're, if people spray paint them or paint them, they're not really degradable because yeah. they're not environmentally safe products they put on yeah. there. So that, Luckily, that's... Luckily, most people carve them. Yes. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, by the 50s, town leaders had successfully limited vandalism, and Halloween had evolved into a holiday directed mainly at the young. Due to the high numbers of young children. <laughs> okay. Due to the high numbers of children. <laughs> it's supposed to be born during the 50s baby boom, but I whatever I typed turned it into... Due to the high numbers of young children pneumonia. <laughs> <laughs> that is not supposed to be pneumonia. No. Due to the high numbers of young children born during the 50s baby boom, parties moved from town civic centers into classroom or home where they were more easily accommodated. The centuries-old practice of trick-or-treating was revived. Trick-or-treating was a relatively inexpensive way for an entire community to share the Halloween celebration. In theory, families families could also prevent tricks being played on them by providing the neighborhood children with small treats. Thus, a new American tradition was born. 
and has continued to grow. Today, Americans spend an estimated $6 billion annually on Halloween, making it the country's second largest commercial holiday after Christmas. Yeah. Um, and can we not have an age limit on trick-or-treating? I know. I trick-or-treated until I was 15 because I moved down here and I didn't know anybody, so I didn't go trick-or-treating anymore. But yeah, me and my friends, but, when we were freshmen in high school, we still went trick-or-treating. Like, a lot of people think it's for little kids. It's yeah. for all ages. If anybody shows up at my door demanding candy on Halloween, I'll be like, here you go, bitches. Have the candy. Yeah, like exactly. It, there's no age limit. No, there shouldn't be. There should not be an age limit. Exactly. Uh, because I couldn't help it. Halloween movies. Speaking of commercial success, scary Halloween movies have a long history of being box office hits. Classic mm-hmm. Halloween movies include the Halloween franchise based on the 1978 original film directed by John Carpenter and starring Donald Pleasance, Nick Castle, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Tony Moran. In Halloween, a young boy named Michael Myers murders his 17-year-old sister and is committed to jail only to escape as a teen on Halloween night and seek out his old home and a new target. A direct sequel to the original Halloween was released in 2018, starring Jamie Lee Curtis and Nick Castle. A sequel to that, Halloween Kills, the 12th film in the Halloween franchise overall, was released in 2021. Okay, the first movie, he didn't just kill one person. Yeah. There's, but there's only like three deaths in the first one. Yeah, his stepfather, mm-hmm. sister, and sister's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who don't know, there is the first Halloween. There is Halloween Two. There are the Rob Zombie remakes. There's Which Halloween. The 2018 film uh-huh. disregarded the Rob Zombie ones. Oh, and then some. And yeah. And then some because so there was. Halloween, and then Halloween 2, and then there was, like, the Rob Zombie remakes, and then there was some other ones peppered in there Mm -hmm. where he was, like, controlled by a satanic cult, and that's why he supposedly couldn't die. It was dumb. And then they had Halloween H2O, which was released 20 years after Halloween, so they called it Halloween H20. And that is the worst mask ever. Because they CGI'd it on him instead of actually having a mask. So dumb. So stupid. So bad. So then when they remade Halloween and they made Halloween Kills, uh, they went basically from like the second one because mm-hmm. he wasn't dead yet. And then they killed him. But they just released a new one. There's a new Michael Myers movie out. And I was like, mm-hmm. pretty sure she killed him in the last one. No, no. They didn't kill him? No. I thought oh, she so- did when he escaped from jail. Okay. So you know Mark. Yeah. And his... um websites he can find movies on the one that they released in halloween so have you seen the new one yes i've seen it because of his uh, his websites he no, finds i could have swore that the, the one that they made in 2018 okay. that they killed him how it ended uh, was he was trapped in that cellar that she created oh and uh, why i was on fire yes fire means fire department gotcha that's how he technically escaped and gotcha a lot of people are upset about it yeah. The people who've seen it, mm-hmm. because the beginning, he kills all the fire department mm-hmm. people. Yeah. It's all over gotcha. TikTok. They, gotcha. Everyone hates it. Gotcha. Which, I don't understand why they're hating on the fire department, because he's killed from babies to police officers. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, because they had to, in order to make the 2018 one, they had to dis- disregard all of the other ones except for the first two, because in a later series, he kills off Laurie Strode, yes. Jamie Lee Curtis's character. So in order for her to come back, they had to kill him. They had to disregard well, them, and they were all dumb anyway. At, well, because they also brought back the original director. Mm-hmm. So that's when Jamie Lee Curtis was like, fuck yeah, bitches. Was like, yes, I'll come back because it's the original director. Yeah. I mean, they're not terrible. And the Rob Zombie <laughs> remakes are actually really good. They are, except for H2O. That <laughs> one's. H2O's just bad. All that the way one's around. bad. The name and the movie. Yes. Oh, good lord. Okay. Considered a classic horror film down to its spooky soundtrack, Halloween inspired other iconic slasher films like Scream, Nightmare on Elm Street. Friday the 13th, and also, we also have more family-friendly friendly Halloween movies, including all of the Halloween Town movies, Hocus Pocus, Nightmare Before Christmas, Beetlejuice, and It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Ugh. <laughs> I've never been a fan of Charlie Brown. Oh, I really like that one, though. That's, like, my favorite. It's probably because it's Halloween-themed. That's why it's yeah. my favorite Charlie Brown movie. Um, so All Souls Day and Soul Cakes, the American Halloween tradition of trick-or-treating probably dates oh, back. sorry. I'm yeah. going to jump in. That's fine. Okay, there is a artist who released songs dedicated to horror movies, too, if yeah. you have, don't know. Ice them. Nine Kills. Ice Nine Kills. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody needs to go find them and listen to the shower scene right now. Because they it's just about Psycho BT Dubs. They just released a new album too. Yeah, well, it's not fully. There's the the one that the Silver Scream is on. Mm-hmm. New. The one no. that the Shower Scene is on uh, was released in like October of 2020 or something like that. Yeah, but they released a new album. Yeah. Just Silver Scream is my new favorite song. Yeah. <laughs> it's about Psycho, but it's so good. <sighs> Just letting you know, it's scream music, metal, scream, just a heads up. Yes, there's lots of screaming, Uh, except for in the shower scene. They don't do too much screaming. Mm -mm. Uh, The American Halloween tradition of trick-or-treating probably dates back to early All Souls Day parades in England. During the festivities, poor citizens would beg for food, and families would give them pastries called soul cakes in return for their promise to pay for the family's dead relatives. Okay, wait. So poor people went around mm-hmm. asking for food, mm-hmm. and they give them a cake mm-hmm. promising to pay for their mm-hmm. dead family's funeral. Mm-hmm. But they're poor. Yeah, I don't get it. I am so confused. I don't get it. Uh, the distribution of soul cakes was encouraged by the church as a way to replace the ancient practice of leaving food and wine for roaming spirits. This practice, Imagine that. Right? The practice, which was referred to as going a-souling. Cool. Was eventually taken up by children who would visit the houses in their neighborhood and be given ale, food, and money. Can we go back to giving children ale? <laughs> <laughs> <They're> Kidding. <laughs> Don't cancel us. A lo- well, America's the only one that has a 21 drinking age. I know. You can, like, have wine in Italy when you're, like, 10. Yeah. In Mexico, you can have it whenever superstitions today's halloween ghosts are often depicted as more fearsome and malevolent and our customs and superstitions are scarier too we avoid crossing paths with black cats afraid they might bring us bad luck this idea has its roots in the middle ages when many people believed that witches avoided direction 
avoided detection by turning themselves into black cats. BT Dubs, black cats are amazing. As long they're, as you like a cat that will talk to you constantly, then they're for you. And they're the opposite. They're good luck. Yeah. Uh, and also, wiping out cats because you were scared of black cats is how the black plague spread. So, yeah, obviously you had that rats superstition everywhere. is dumb. No more had... cats to eat all the rats. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we try not to walk under ladders for the same reason. I don't walk under ladders. I also if, don't split a pole with someone I'm walking with. If you walk underneath the ladder and then you realize it, you can go back and it'll cancel it out. Yeah. This superstition may have come from the ancient Egyptians who believed that triangles were sacred. It also may have something to do with the fact that walking under a leaning ladder tends to be fairly unsafe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and around Halloween, especially, we are trying to avoid breaking mirrors, stepping on cracks in the road, or spilling salt. I mean, not me, but people in general. I've broken so many mirrors in my lifetime. That's why I am I, in the position I am in. I I cracked a mirror when I was taking it off this wall when I was moving. Although, I did hear a caveat to the mirror breaking one, where if you leave it for four hours and don't touch it, no, it's seven hours. I think it's seven hours to cancel out the seven years of bad mm-hmm. luck. If you leave it where it falls for seven hours and don't touch it until the seven hours is over, it cancels out the bad luck. So I did that one time. Oh, uh, no, I didn't break it leaving when I was nailing it to the wall. Mm-hmm. I broke it, and then I just left it there forever until I moved out. So like a year later. Yeah. Does that count? I'm sure it counts because you <laughs> just left it. I just left it. <laughs> just <hanging. stayed. laughs> Um, Halloween matchmaking and lesser known rituals. Uh, Halloween. Blah, 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 blah. Um, many, in particular, many had to do with helping young women identify their future husbands and reassuring them that they would someday, with luck, by next Halloween, be married. In the 18th century, in 18th century Ireland... A matchmaking cook might bury a ring in her mashed potatoes on Halloween night, hoping to bring true love to the diner who found it. Okay, that's, that's an awesome that's tradition. dirty. What if he doesn't want to propose to her and then she just finds a ring in her mashed potatoes? That's kind of an awesome tradition, though. <laughs> in Scotland, fortune tellers recommended that an eligible young woman name a hazelnut for each of her suitors and then toss the nuts into the fireplace. The nut that burned to ashes rather than popping or exploding would represent the girl's future husband. Um, some versions of this legend, the opposite was true, that the nut that burned away symbolized a love that would not last. The ones that burned are also the ones that are bad. Yeah. So I think maybe going with the opposite <laughs> of that would be better. Yeah. Oh, I already read that page. Uh, another tale had it that if a young woman ate a sugary concoction made out of walnuts, hazelnuts, and nutmeg before bed on Halloween night, she would dream of her future husband. Hmm. Young maybe, women. Hmm? Maybe you should do that. Right? I'm telling you. <laughs> um, these are almost all about women marrying men. So, young women tossed apple peels over their shoulders, hoping that the peels would fall on the floor in the shape of their future husband's initials. Uh, on Charmed, <laughs> they go back in time, and this dude's like, would you like to see the letter of your true love's first name? And Phoebe's like, yes, and then it makes a she, and she's like, Cole, but actually it means coop. 
fuck off, even though I did. Anyway. Do you toss it over your right or left? It doesn't specify. Just over their shoulders. So So just over oh, the head? I'm guessing because it says initials, plural. So I'm guessing one in each hand. Oh, okay. That would be my guess. Okay. Um, They also tried to learn about their features by peering at egg, egg yolks floating in a bowl of water. Stood in front of mirrors in darkened rooms, holding candles and looking over their shoulders for their husbands' faces. That all that makes me think of is the <laughs> faux glass in fucking Harry Potter, <laughs> and that tells you when your enemies are standing right mm-hmm. behind you. So don't do that. Uh, but anyways, that reminds me. You're we're talking about mirrors. I need your sigil to bind the mirror. Lock it. Lock it. Okay. Because I can't find I can't find one. Uh, other rituals were more competitive at some Halloween parties. The first guest to find a burr on a chestnut hunt would be the first to marry. At others, the first successful apple bobber would be the first down the aisle. So, the one with the biggest mouth. Basically, yeah. Uh, of course, whether we're asking for romantic advice or trying to avoid seven years of bad luck, each of these Halloween superstitions relies on the goodwill of the very same spirits whose presence the early Celts felt so keenly. So... Those are legends and fun stuff about Halloween. Deities associated with Samhain. From the Celtic pantheon, you have Caradwin, Kernanos, and the Morrigan. Uh, Hellenic, you have Hades, Hecate, Persephone, and Psyche. Um, and I put, I would also, because of the last year and the current state of things, I would add Apollo, my dear sweet lord and savior. Uh, of course you Since would. he is the god of plague. And also Thanatos, because he is the god of death. Uh, Anubis, Osiris, and Isis from the Egyptian pantheon. And Lilith, even though technically she's a Christian person that Christians just don't know about. Uh, Because you don't learn about that in the Bible. (laughs) Uh, Oh, technically she is in the Bible, but that's a whole other story. Mark's stepdad. Mm-hmm. When he's like, what is your cat's name again? And we said Lilith. He just busts out laughing and he says, I love it. Nice. It's funny because Mark calls her the demon kitty anyways. I mean, it's not wrong. <laughs> uh, things to put on your altar. Apples, bells, besoms, bones, jack-o'-lanterns, masks, pumpkins, scythes, skulls, wine, and ancestor photos. You can do leaves too. Huh? Leaves. Oh, leaves too. Uh... <laughs> tarot card it is associated with is death the rune that it is associated with is othala which is weird because othala is the home rune like othala is odin <laughs> anyway colors of Samhain: orange black gray white and whatever else you feel like any fall colors works too um scents and oils scents incense and oils Benzoin, coral, patchouli, rosemary, sandalwood, sweetgrass, mugwort, allspice, cinnamon, mullion, and calendula. Calendula. <laughs> I'm making fun of myself because that's totally how I heard it in my head. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. Uh-huh. Stones, amethyst, obsidian, onyx, petrified wood, which I don't technically think is a stone. Smoky quartz, amber, bloodstone, carnelian, diamond, garnet, gold, granite, hematite, jasper, pyrite, ruby, sandstone, and sapphire. Which I don't yet but okay foods for your table seasonal harvest foods apples beef nuts pears pomegranates pork poultry pumpkin soul cakes and turnips yeah 
spell work to do during this time, divination, banishings, honoring the dead, protection, and past life work. Other activities you can do on Samhain. Bury apples on Samhain to feed the souls of past ancestors. And you might get an apple tree out of it. Truth. Carve a jack-o'-lantern to protect your home. Create a memory or ancestor altar for past loved ones. Create a witch bottle or a witch ball to protect yourself and your home. I prefer witch balls because you can get, like, the kind of glass clear ornaments that the top can come off of and you put they, all your protection stuff in there and then you seal it and then you hang it they also have plastic ones if you don't want glass i like glass i know i'm just <laughs> for the people listening for the listeners if they don't like glass hobby lobby sells plastic ones Truth. uh create masks as a traditional way to protect yourself from negative spirits you can hold a dumb supper which is a meal where no one speaks to honor the dead um, oh I, I love that yeah no one speaks. I'd be in heaven. Yeah. Burn a note to a past loved one upon completion. Leave a plate at your dinner table for the deceased. Leave offerings just outside your door to the dead. Make a besom for the new year. Besom. Uh, broom. Okay. Um, uh, perform divination while the veil is thin. Recreate a family recipe. Take a nature walk. Meditate on how you have grown and changed this year. Journal about how you've changed and the changes you would like to see in the coming year. Um, some fun did you knows, two of them, more people are buying costumes for their pets. Americans spent $490 million on costumes for their pets in 2019, which is more than double what they spent on them in 2010. I can see it. <laughs> um, and one, one, so that's $6 billion that people spend on Halloween of it. One quarter, just one quarter of all candy mm-hmm. sold annually in the U.S. is purchased for Halloween. That's a lot of candy. Like, granted, when we saw Dollar General put out the Halloween candle candy, mm-hmm. uh, we bought it for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Like, because they, the whole package of Reese's. The big packages, yeah. Of Reese's. I'm yeah. like, oh, and I can't wait for, well, they have Christmas stuff out now, but I'm waiting for the Christmas candy so I can get the big packages, like the pound of Reese's mm-hmm. cup. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'll eat that whole thing all there. <laughs> yeah, you would. I probably shouldn't. In one setting. But. <laughs> okay, so for this information, my sources are history.com, gomino.com, mysterious dragon fire, fire spelled F-Y-R-E.com. And from Pinterest, I wrote down the people's names on Pinterest. Green Man Shadows, nope, Green Man Meadows, Stormwater Witch, and Blessing Manifesting. I like how they spell fire. Yeah. F-Y-R-E. Yeah. All right. So. Oh, yeah. I forgot about your book. Samhain Ritual. Just open to where I want you to be. Nope. Hey, that's not where I want See, this worked out. We didn't even discuss if I have a short one or a long one. It I just, just worked out. It just worked you out. Just had a short one and I had a long one. Yeah. Okay. So things to have. Altar candles may be orange and or black. Incense, Check. patchouli, or myrrh. Check. Decorate your altar and circle with small pumpkins. Indian corn, gourds, fall flowers, and leaves. Not check. I don't have an altar. Ritual items. Cauldron with black votive candle inside. Parchment with weaknesses or bad habits written down to be banished. Okay. White votive candle in a bowl. Okay. Sprig of heather and an apple on a plate. I don't have heather. You may have patchouli oil on hand as well. I don't have patchouli. It's right next to your head. I have myrrh. (laughs) Not oil. I have this incense. That's fine. 
Food may include dark wine, pumpkin pie, stuffed acorn squash, stuffed game birds, apple cider, taffy apples. May set up family for family spirits a dumb supper of bread, salt, and cider or beer at an extra place at the table during the family meal. So begin at the portion noted in blah, 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 blah. Okay. So Salon Ritual begins. Clap or ring bell three times. You remember the last time I did this and I was like, but we don't have a bell. What? When did we do that? Um, when I did the Litha one. Oh, yeah. And I was like, clap or ring bell three times. And I missed the fact that the word clap came out of my mouth. And I was like, but we don't have any bells. And I'm like, didn't I say you can clap? clap. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. There's a whole thing. I do need to get a bell, though. Yeah. Clap or ring bell three times and then say, I celebrate the dance of life to death to new life and the balance of the cosmos in my life. The last harvest is gathered and stored for the dark months ahead, and the wheel has turned to the time of the hunter. Step two, clap or ring bell nine times. At this point, the veil is... And then, at this point, the veil is... At this time, is the veil between worlds thin, and the gates are thrown open, so do I welcome these spirits who have gone before and the others who have passed between two worlds. This is the crone's time, and with the Lord of the Shadows... She is the passage from life to life that all must take. They give a refreshing rest in the continuous turning of the spiral dance that goes and returns yet never moves on. With the ancient ones, I move with the dance unperturbed. Love gives strength, give to gain. Oh, it did not say that you needed a wand, but you need a wand. Hold up wand with open arms. Great lady, fruitful mother, you have showered me with your bounty, and in this turning of the seasons, I bid you farewell. As you walk on now as the crone with the lord of the hunt, I know that within you is yet another fruit waiting to be born, and I will bide patient until the mother returns. Step four. Set cauldron on pentacle. Apparently you needed a pentacle, too. Light black votive candle. Well, you're, you're just supposed to have this stuff already. You're supposed to have it all. Here is the cauldron of endings and new beginnings. Into this burning flame do I cast my weaknesses and the habits that keep me from attaining my potential. By the death of these things, I will live better, so mote it be. Burn the parchment in the votive, then return reduced. When reduced to ash, clap or ring bell nine times. Pass the white candle through the patchouli incense or anoint with patchouli oil. With this candle and by its light, I welcome you spirits the Samhain night. It rhymed. Mm -hmm. um, use this white candle for the jack-o'-lantern um, hold heather over your altar I call upon the power of this herb to bless this house and the spirits that come to visit drop your heather into the cauldron the air is purified and made pleasant for the spirits and others who may call upon me blessed be hold the apple above the altar I call upon the lord and lady to bless this fruit to be food for the dead let any who visits find sustenance in this apple whose center reveals the pentagram and reminds us of the promise of the Lady of Passage from one life to the next. May the spirits who pass here move on refreshed. So mode it be. Clap or ring the bell three times. Bury your apple outside after the Sabbath concludes. Proceed to cakes and wine of the circle cast. Because all of them have cakes and wine. So I got off topic. Off topic. Thinking of cakes and wines, mm -hmm. I got some uh, Hearth Witches cookbooks. Ooh. Yes. That sounds lovely. I know. I glanced through some of the recipes and I'm like, ooh, I'm going to try these. Delicious. 
Okay, that is it. That was from Grimoire for the Green Witch by Anne Mara. So thank you for listening to this episode of Moon and Sub Podcast. We hope you have a blessed Samhain. I will be having a blessed Samhain. I haven't entirely decided what I'm going to do for it. But I will for sure go to the cemetery and say hi to Dad. Me and Prin will probably go for a walk. I'll probably do some releasing stuff. You have a lot to release. I have a lot of releasing to do. I need a lot of gaining before I can do some of the releasing, though. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, make Wh- sure that you wha- rate. I need a lot of what? Gaining before I can do some of the releasing. Why'd you point down to print? Oh, money. <laughs> gaining. Gaining. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, got yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Our sh- socials are? Instagram. Moon and Sun Podcast, all one word and all lowercase. Gmail. Moon and Sun Podcast at gmail.com. All Email one word. us, bitches. All one word, all lowercase. I wasn't done. <laughs> Also, if you want to do like, we would love to do like a Q&A episode where we just answer questions. So send those in. Slide into our DMs. Anything. <laughs> Nick laughs every time I say that. Oh. Oh, slide into um, our DMs. Slide into our DMs. Uh, Facebook, moon and sign. It's the guy wiping his butt across the floor. Sun podcast, Kevin. Um, and Twitter is moon and sun pod. I think the M is capitalized, but everything else is lowercase and all stuck together. But uh, we have a link tree We down do have a link tree in the Instagram bio. In the Instagram bio, which all the socials, so you can just click on those. That'd be so easier. Yes. And you can, if you want to reverse refer someone to the podcast, all they have to do is click and everywhere they can listen to us is on there too. Making that super easy. We will talk to you next time on Moon and Sun Podcast. And don't forget your coffee. And your deep, your voice got a little deep right there. And don't forget your coffee.